Amen. Acts chapter 1. Look with me at verse number 1. I want to preach to you on this thought. Why do you keep looking up? Why do you keep looking up? Acts chapter 1. Look at verse number 1. Scripture says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, to the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, by being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the, of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together and asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up in a cloud, received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, he went up, and behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who is taken up from you in heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. I want you to look at verse number 11 one more time. Actually, look back at number, number 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, angels, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? Why do you keep looking up, in other words? The same Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go up. Now in the text of this, of this message here in the, in the book of Acts, the Apostle Luke, the writer of this book here and the Gospel of Luke, takes us and gives us a little story here of the final moments, of literally the final moments of Jesus from the physical, the earthly ministry of Jesus who had been with his disciples for some three and a half years, had been going around teaching, and I don't have time to go back and, and deal with all of that, but, but you know the disciples went with Jesus. They was with him everywhere. They were with him when he fed the 5,000. They were with him with the 4,000. They were with him in the healings and, and all kinds of things, these same guys here. And they would been and they, and they witnessed a lot of things during these three and a half years that, that for the most part was inseparable how they came together and with fellowship and ministry. In Luke's earlier account, in Luke chapter 24, verse 50, the Bible says, And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass that while he blessed them, that, as he, that he parted from them and, carried, and, and, and he was carried into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. I want you to notice what the scripture says, that he led them out as far as Bethany. Now, many times in scripture, when you read about a, a, a place or something, you can look and you can, you can study the words out, and there's other things that took place in a particular place that maybe uh, one of the texts was writing about or what Jesus was talking about. It was the same way here with Bethany. 
When you look at Bethany, Bethany also was the place where he dwelt in the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Do you remember that in Scripture? Bethany was also the place where the sinner woman broke the alabaster a box that was very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and then wiped them with, with her hair. He was at Bethany when, when that took place. He was also at Bethany on the Jericho Road when Jesus met and, and befriended and lodged in the home of a man that was simply called Simon the leper. He was also from Bethany from which John penned the words in John 11 and 35 that Jesus wept. It was around Bethany, the area of Bethany. Bethany also was a place where Jesus conquered death and overcame the grave and he called Lazarus forth from the grave. From Bethany, Jesus is taken up from his disciples and, and while they watched, the Bible says that a cloud received him out of their sight. And when you look at this text and you look at all the drama that's around, you understand that into this, this drama as well in chapter 1 that, that two men, the Bible says, in white apparel, the angels was there, two angelic beings in other words, was, and, and they begin to speak to the disciples and they, and they ask a question in other words to this disciples and the question was this, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? Now it's interesting to me that, that these are angels, they, they just come from there, they, they were there to escort Jesus up into heaven, but, but these guys asked the disciples, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, think about this proclamation, this same Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go up into heaven. And if you don't get nothing else from this message tonight, I want you to be encouraged tonight because we need to understand that this same Jesus that maybe we didn't see with our eyes, but we know from scripture that the disciples saw Sister Toby leave and go up into heaven. This same Jesus, that same Jesus, the same Jesus that, that died on the cross, that same Jesus that raised the dead, the same Jesus that opened the blinded eyes, that same Jesus that went to heaven in like manner is coming back for you and I. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know what time of the day. I don't know what time of the year. But I can tell you with everything I know to be true, it is going to happen. Why do we look up tonight? Because we look to the eastern skies from whence cometh our help. We look to the clouds because the Bible says this same Jesus that was taken up in like manner is going to come back on a cloud of glory to receive his church. I don't know about you tonight, church, but I'm ready to go should the Lord decide to come back. Well, give him a praise in the house tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Why do you look up? Why do you keep on looking up? I want you to notice, and I want you to look at this question here. It was not, was not asked, and I told you this earlier, it was not asked by just anybody. It was asked by these angelic beings. An angel who had known who Jesus was from before the very foundation of the world. Before the framing of the world, he, he knew this guy. An angel with no concept of sin or of the fallen nature of, of sinful humanity. Because here's the thing. If that angel and if those two angels had any concept of, the, of fallen humanity or the power of sin, then they would have understood that while they knew Jesus as mighty God, that these guys, these disciples, they knew him as the promised Messiah. They was with him for three and a half years. 
And had these angels known and had any concept of sin whatsoever, they would have known that while they knew him as the son of the father, that these disciples knew him as a friend who had been closer and stuck closer to them as even a brother. And had these same angels had any concept of sin and understood any of that like you and I understand, they would have known that while they knew him as the second person of the Trinity of the Godhead, that these disciples knew him as a Savior who had come and who had saved them from their sin, who had said that where I go, there you're going to be also. I didn't see him when he left, but I'm going to see him when he comes back. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen sooner or later. Amen. Hallelujah. And when you think about that question, why do you keep looking up or why do you still gaze up? It's really the same question that's still being asked today by those who do not understand the saving message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many times they don't understand what we're talking about. Why do you Christians sing? Why do you Christians preach so much about heaven? Because it's a place of reality. It's not a fiction place. It's not a, it's not a fairy tale place. It's a place of reality of that Jesus is going to prepare for you and I. And it's the same question. Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? And tonight, for the next few moments, I want to try to answer that for us. Now, you may have your own answers, but let me give you some answers. The first thing is this. Why do you keep looking up? Well, because looking up is better than looking back. I know we can learn some stuff looking back. I get all of that. But Luke said in Luke 9, 62, Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. In the Living Bible, the translation says this, Anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work that I plan for him is not fit for the kingdom of God. How's your workload tonight? Hallelujah. Are you still involved in kingdom ministry tonight? In kingdom ministry. There's a little girl who was in a Sunday school class. The teacher was teaching about Lot's wife and, and how Lot's wife, when she left the city, she looked back and, and she turned into a pillar of salt. And many of you know that story. And the little girl listened to that and, and the little girl spoke up with the teacher. Spoke and said, oh, that's nothing. My mom was driving down the road and she looked back and she turned straight into a street pole. We got to be careful to look back. We got to look forward. Amen. Why did these disciples have, what did, I mean, what, when you think about it, what did they have to look back to? And I, I, we even said that this morning. Why do we want to go backwards when the Lord is calling us forward? Why do we want to go back to our old lifestyle when God says there's something new and better out there? Why do we want to go back and do what, what the things that God saved us from and, and instead of living where we are now with the Lord Jesus Christ? When you look at the little story, and I'm just going to give you just a few. There's, there's so many other things we could talk about. But Bartholomew is believed to have descended from royalty. And Matthew was an IRS agent. But most of the rest of these guys, they were just commercial fishermen. What did they have to look back to? Old stinking fishing and old nets and, and stinking all of that kind of stuff. They're in the presence of God Almighty. They're being able to witness some of the wonderful events that Jesus took place. What in the world did they have to go look back to? You can remember in John chapter 6 where the Bible says many of his followers went away and walked no more with him. And Jesus turned one day in John chapter 6 verse 66 and he says, Will you also leave me? 
will you also go away? John 6 and 68, Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You've got the words of eternal life. And we have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Can I ask you tonight, church, have you made that proclamation in your life? Do you understand and do you know and do you believe that that is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Do you believe tonight that he said, I'm coming back? Well, he is coming back. Do we believe that? Do you believe tonight? I've got to go away to prepare a place. But if I go away, I'm going to prepare a place. But I'm coming again and taking back the church. I'm looking for a bride that's ready to go. I'm looking for a bride that's blood bought. I'm looking for a bride that don't have any of the world's stuff hanging on them. I'm looking for a bride that has their eyes focused upon me. Hallelujah. Why do you keep looking up? Why do you keep looking up? What do these disciples have to look back to? Let me ask you a question tonight. Where do you go once you've discovered that he walks with me and he talks with me? Hallelujah. And he tells me I'm his own. Where do you go once he's found you dead in your trespasses and sins? Where do you go once he's picked you up out of the miry clay and set your feet up on a rock and established your going? Where else are you going to go? Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that every night I lay my head down to rest. I know he's with me. I'm thankful every day that I get up, I know he's with me. I'm thankful that the midnight hour, Brother Larry, I can can fall out of my bed and on my knees and I can call Jesus. And he's there. I don't know about you and I don't know how you handle difficult times. And we have difficult times. But I can assuredly tell you tonight that when I call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my Bible says, I will be there. Amen. So why do you keep looking up? You see, for these, uh, these disciples here, for these disciples to look back also meant, Sister Mavis, they've got to remember some stuff. What do they have to remember? They have to remember the agony of denial. Peter, Peter denied him three times. You remember that, right? He had to remember some of that stuff. You know, we talked about some, some past failures, some past carelessness stuff that we, that we were involved in. For me to look back, I have to remember some of that stuff. If I was to take time tonight and and start over here on this side of the church and let everybody testify, you could tell us probably some horrendous stuff that the Lord saved you from. Amen. But now, but now, but now you're on your way to heaven. But now you're on the glory road. Amen. You're no longer dying in your sin. You're living a lifestyle that's befitting for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So they had to remember the agony of denial. They have to remember the pain of, of betrayal. You remember Judas sold him for 30 pieces of silver. I wonder if we have old brother Judas stand up here tonight if he would say, if I had it to do all over again, I'd change some things. Oh, yeah. He'd change some things. They had to remember the cruelty of the cross. They had watched the Lord die. They had watched their best friend die. They had watched their Messiah die. They had watched the guy whom they loved and whom they spent time with. They watched this guy die. They had to remember some of that stuff. And they would rather look up and and see him instead of looking backward. Why do you look up tonight? Because it's better than looking back to where I have come from. Oh, Isaiah said he was high and lifted up where his glory filled the temple. Hallelujah. Stephen of old said, I see him seated at the right hand of the Father. I'm not going back because I see him seated at the right hand. Now this, this, this went on all the while he was being stoned to death. And he looked up, sister, and he saw the Lord high and lifted up. I see him. I see him. I see him. John said, I see him. 
moving among the seven golden candlesticks. He was clothed in glory with the seraphim and the cherubim, bowing down before him, crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Why do we keep looking up tonight? That same Jesus that left this place in like manner is coming one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when he comes back, it's, it's not going to be like an amusement park. You say, what in the world are you talking about, Pastor? You know what amusement parks? I, I think about this. You go and stand in line. And, and whatever ride you're riding on, Brother Larry, so many can get on that ride. And then you have to stop. They put a gate up. And they'll say something like, well, you need to, you'll go the next time. Ain't going to be no next time. Listen to me, church. Ain't going to be no next time. If you're thinking you can get in line A, B, C, or D, you're wrong. It ain't going to happen. This is one line. You got to be ready when he comes. You got to be ready when he calls you home. There's some things I can change in my life. How about you? There's some things we can do now in order to get ready for the Lord Jesus Christ to come. There's some things we need to prepare for. Amen. We need to prepare for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we keep looking up? Because it's better than looking back. The second thing is this. Because looking up is better than looking around. You ever been in a crowd before and you saw people doing this? Just, I mean, they're just looking everywhere. They have no direction on where they're going. They're just looking everywhere. It's better than looking around. There's a couple of words here I want you to write down if you're taking notes. The word distraction and the word focus. Two very, very important words. Distraction and focus. Distraction simply means that somebody's trying to to, to divert your attention off of what you're trying to pay attention to. They're trying to get your attention. Focus is simply means to center your attention or center your concentration on something. The enemy would come in and try to make you lose your focus. He'll try to distract you. You remember we preaching this morning about little David going up by with, with nine and a half foot tall Goliath. That's a big distraction right there. That's enough to distract us. And so that's what the enemy was going to do. You see, as long as the disciples were looking up, as long as you and I keep looking up, our focus, our center of attention, our center of concentration will simply be on the Lord Jesus Christ. They were eliminating their distractions from everything and every place and everybody around them. They were focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I understand the potential of distractions. They're there. But the same crowd that crucified their Lord was after them. They were not distracted. Their focus was on the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't care who they were standing by. They didn't care about the about the enemy coming their way. They was just looking. They were looking to the Lord Jesus Christ. And can I submit to you tonight that you and I, in 2014, we must keep our eyes upon the Lord. Amen. we got to keep our eyes upon the Lord. Judas betrayed him. One of their brothers. But they were not distracted. They had been accused of stealing his body from the grave. They had been accused of faking his resurrection. But they were not Distracted. i got to keep my eyes upon the Lord. Eleven out of the twelve would ultimately die because of their faith in Him. But they were not distracted. Hallelujah. Hell come against them. 
all hell come against them. And it did. But they were not distracted. They kept their focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. They were looking steadfastly toward heaven as he went up. Why do you stand here looking and gazing up? Because this same Jesus, the Bible said, who in like manner left is coming again after his church. Amen. And that's really the challenge for you and I that we face today. Because if we allow our distractions and and all of those things to define us, we'll lose our focus. And probably in the church world, that's where we are. We've allowed so many other things to hinder our focus tonight. Now, I don't want you to miss what I'm fixing to say. Because it's going to be real simple. Real simple, but it's very profound. I know some of you think that's even hard for me to get out of my mouth. But but I'm 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 going to profound you tonight. Real simple. We've allowed outside sources be whatever it may be, as simple as whatever, come in and distract our eyes upon the Lord. Here's the thing. We come to church day in and day out many times, week in and week out. And sometimes I feel like, and I'm even guilty of this myself, we, we come out of habit, Sister Ruth, because that's the thing that we're supposed to do. How many remembers the time way back yonder in the 70s maybe that they had a little thing called the blue law? How many remembers living in the communities where everybody in the community went to church on Sunday? That's what you did. You had no other distractions. There was no ball on Sundays. Mm -mm. Grocery stores were shut down on Sundays. Gas stations were shut down on Sundays. You couldn't go and do anything because most of your amusement, whatever, was shut down on Sundays because it was the Lord's day. Are you hearing me? We've gotten into a place and a time now where everything is open. You have so many other activities you could be involved in instead of coming to the house of the Lord. I don't mind what I'm fixing to tell you tonight. It's not going to bother me one bit, but I want to tell you something. We do ourselves an injustice by sitting at the house and watching television. Instead of being in the house of God. We do ourselves an injustice instead of coming to the house of God and getting around God's people. We'll go out to Walmart shopping somewhere. Pastor, you, you start to rabbit track. I don't care. I'm on rabbit track. We do ourselves an injustice because we feel like we've got all these important things we've got to do. And we ain't looking up. Brother Parker, we looking down. We ain't looking up. We're looking down and we're looking at everything around us. But this same Jesus, this same Jesus that went away, he's coming again. This same Jesus who went away, he's coming again. He's looking for a church that's got their eyes upon him. Hallelujah. He's looking for a church that's ready to go. And that's the challenge that you and I face tonight. You say, but aren't you concerned, Pastor, about the things going on around us today? Well, you've got to understand that we've got to be concerned. But it concerns me when, when, when an activist court says that the National Day of Prayer is unconstitutional. Oh, no, it's not. Our right is freedom of speech, and we need to pray. Hallelujah. Let me give a plug for See You at the Pole. See You at the Pole is coming up in just a few short weeks. Every one of us, if we can, need to be at a schoolhouse somewhere underneath the flag praying to the Lord oh that was a week right there thank you oh yeah you said pastor I got to go to work I understand that but some of you still laying in the bed 
I'm not going to be easy with you right now. It's 7 o'clock or 7.15. I'll see you at the poll. When's the date on that, David? The 24th of September. You need to be at Armorell. You need to be at Blavo. You need to be at Gaza. You need to be at the Kip School. You need to be somewhere. Well, I don't have no students there. I don't either. But I'm going and have been. Why, Pastor? Because it's important to let our students know that prayer is important. Amen. Hallelujah. So find a place. Get there somewhere. Carry a box of donuts with you and give them out to the kids. Amen. Carry a pencil and give them out to the kids that says God loves you. Can you do that? Why can't you? You're paying taxes. Hello? Is that all right? I'm about to preach now. It concerns me when those things, you know, unconstitutional. It bothered me a little bit when the Ten Commandments can't be posted in the courthouse. But, 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 but it, 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 those kind of things does not need to distract us. Amen. It bothers me when you got about 8 or 9 or 10% of the population of America trying to set moral values for you and I. Mm-mm. It's time for you and I as the child of God to stand up and rise up and speak the truth of what God's Word says. I didn't say speak it out of anger. I didn't say speak it out of frustration. I just simply said speak the truth of we know what the Word of God says. This nation was founded on biblical principles. Hallelujah. Why do you keep looking up? It bothers me a little bit when leaders of the United States on foreign soil declare that the United States of America is not a Christian nation. Hey, let them say what they want to, but that does not need to distract us. I'm just going to practice what Hebrews 12 and 1-2 says. It says, since I am surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, if I'm going to, I'm going to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares me or besets me, and I'm going to run with patience. I'm going to run with endurance the race that is set before me. I'm going to look to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of my faith, who for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God why do you keep looking up I look for that man that sits down at the right hand of the father of the son of God he's the one that's coming back after his church hallelujah hallelujah why do you keep looking up because it's better looking back why do you keep looking up it's better looking around Why do you keep looking up? Sometimes it's even better than looking ahead. Now, I know when I say that, that's sort of, you know, you think, well, Pastor, don't you need, you're supposed to plan ahead. I I get that. And I understand that sort of sounds like a contradiction. But I don't mean it that way. Let me give you an example. I'm not suggesting that you should not save for retirement. You need to. I don't know when the Lord's coming. But if the Lord comes before you spend your retirement, who cares? (laughs) Let the devil's crowd spend it. It ain't going to bother you. Well, pastor, I've worked all my life. You mean to tell me you're going to give up your life savings for walking on the streets of gold? Hmm. (laughs) There's no comparison. You mean to tell me you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna your your life savings in the bank account for the gates of pearl, walls of jasper? Hallelujah! Let them have it. Let them have it. If you don't have a savings account, you need to start one. It's good for you to save. Quit wasting your money on stuff that don't mean nothing. Save your money. If you don't have life insurance, you can afford to get you some life insurance. 
You know, so I'm not telling you not to do some of these things. But what I am suggesting is that, is that the future, at best, is uncertain for you and I. We don't know what lays out there. You say, well, I'm not a pessimist, I'm an optimist. Well, I'm not a pessimist, I'm an optimist as well. I prefer to see the glass half full than half empty. But then some folks sees it half empty, right? And that's the way some folks is. When the weatherman says they got 70% of thunderstorms, somebody says, oh, no, we got 70% of thunderstorms. But somebody else may say, well, hallelujah, we've got 30% that it may not rain. Those of you that says 70% of thunderstorms tonight, you've won. You got it. <laughs> Reminds me of a story I read a few days ago about two little boys. One little boy was a pessimist. The other was an optimist. They put these two little boys in separate rooms. They put the pessimist in a room full of brand new toys. And the optimist, they put him in a room with nothing but a pitchfork, a pile of manure, and a bell of hay. They came back a little later on. And they checked on this little boy that was a pessimist in, in, this, in this room. He was sitting in the, in the corner. He was crying. He hadn't even touched the toys. He was crying. And they said, well, what's wrong with you? Why have you not touched the toys? He said, I was afraid that I would break some of them, so I didn't want to touch any of them at all. They went down the hall, and they checked on this little boy who was an optimist, and they, and they found him digging a deep hole with this pitchfork. And they looked down in the hole, and they said, Son, what in the world are you doing? He looked back up, and he said, I figured with that much hay, with that much manure, they've got to be a pony in here somewhere, so I'm going to find him. <laughs> and he was digging him up. He was kind of find that pony. Well, I don't know what you are, but I'm telling you, the future doesn't look good as it used to look when I was growing up. Listen to me. It may not have the same value or the same look to you as it, as it did when you were growing up. We have a health care problem that you and I can't pay for. That's what's, what's going on today. We have, we have wars going on that we can't pay for. We have immigration problems that we can't pay for. We have oil and energy costs that we simply can't pay for. We have a national security issues that we can't pay for. Can I tell you tonight that if China recalled all the loans of the United States government, that we would be bankrupt tomorrow morning? Your money wouldn't mean nothing. Pastor, are you telling me the truth? Oh, yeah, I'm telling you, it don't look that good. Things can change quickly. Quickly. When you go to sleep tonight, I've told you this before. When you wake up in the morning, th- everything could be different. Everything could be different. You did, did, did that happen? Oh, yeah, it even happened way back yonder. But I'm going to tell you, the future probably didn't look too bright for those disciples that saw Jesus going up either. Herod Antipas, he was the king at the time of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. This was the same guy who divorced his first wife to marry Herodias, his brother's wife. This same Herod who had John the Baptist beheaded. It didn't look too good for those guys either. Hallelujah. Within their lifetime, these disciples would see evil, the evil emperor. Nero ascend to power the one who had said to have fiddled with Rome and while Rome burned he didn't do nothing about it he was just dilly dallying all around just just having his fun and having his games while all of Rome simply burnt to the ground but in a time of political and economic and social uncertainty they simply kept their eyes upon Jesus and can I tell you pathway I don't know what's going on in the world I don't know what tomorrow holds but there's one thing I No, Jesus Christ has the world in the palm of his hand and my faith has to rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to put it in government. I'm not going to put it in my finance. I'm not going to put it in my stocks. I'm not going to put it in man. I'm simply going to trust in the one who said I've got to go away. But if I go away, I'm coming again to receive my church. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Somebody said, Matthew, what are we going to do? Matthew basically said, do you remember how he calmed the storm that night on the Sea of Galilee? I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus because there's something different about him. It was a bad storm, but he said, peace, be still, and it was calm. Nathaniel, he wasn't one of the twelve, but they asked Nathaniel, possibly, hey, do you remember the time when, when the Jews questioned his authority? And he said, before Abraham was, I am. I am. Nathaniel, I think I'll keep my eyes upon Jesus. Philip said, yeah, I remember. And I also remember the time when I said to him, Master, show us the Father and we'll be okay. We'll be satisfied. Jesus turned to Philip and said, Philip, how long have you been with me? And yet you say to me, show us the Father. Don't you know that that when you see me, you have seen the Father? I am in the Father and the Father is in me. You can hear old brother Philip say, I think I'll keep my eyes upon Jesus. I don't know what the Lord means to you tonight, church, but I want to tell you, I think I'll keep my eyes upon the Lord. I think I'll keep my eyes upon the Lord because he was with me one time when we got electrocuted. And I don't know about everything, everybody else, but the power of Blavel was shut off. And the police officers and the fire engines come out there. And they themselves said, you guys should have been blown to smithereen. But I'm still here tonight. I think I'll keep my eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have testimonies too. How God has spared your life. And you have saw, he has saw you through. Why don't we just keep our eyes upon the Lord tonight? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Confidence in Congress may be down, but I'm going to keep looking up. Retail sales at the mall may be down, but let's keep looking up. The stock market may be down, but let's keep looking up. Invest on, in interest on retirement may be down, but why don't we just keep looking up? The value of your house may be down, but why don't you just keep looking up? Why? Because the word says this same Jesus, which was taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go up into heaven. He's coming again. He's coming again. He's coming again. Hallelujah. Why do we need to keep looking up? Because he also said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there's many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, that if I go, you, I will come again, and I receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I'm going to keep my eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Why, Pastor? Because it also says, behold, I show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise incorruptible and we shall be changed hallelujah I don't know who you're looking for but why don't we look toward Jesus he's coming back after a church he says in the scripture even the dead in Christ is going to come up out of their grave I'm going to catch them up if they died in their faith with me I'm going to get them I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't understand all of that. I don't have to understand all of that. I just got to believe that what the Word says, He's going to be caught and catching them up. And not only with them, we also are going to be caught up. Boy, I'm about to get excited. How about y'all? Y'all about to preach me silly. Hallelujah! He's coming. He's coming again. He's coming again. Why do you keep looking up? Because the Word tells us, but I would not have you to be ignorant. Concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not as others who have no hope. 
Can I tell you something? Don't worry about those that's died in Christ. You may miss them here, but they're going home one day. They're going home one day. Hallelujah. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which asleep in Christ with God will bring, he will bring with. For this I say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. It's going to be a happy Hallelujah, getting up morning one day. I don't know if it's going to be morning, noon, or night, but whatever it may be, it ain't going to matter. Folks still going to get up out of the grave. Hallelujah. And they are not only going to get up out of the grave, but you and I, wherever we may be, is going to be caught up together with them in the air. And there we shall be forevermore with the Lord. If that don't excite you, I don't know what will. That's better than riding an amusement roller coaster ride. Amen. We're going to get to heaven. Hallelujah. Why keep looking up? Why keep looking up? Because that's why. It's better than looking back. Why do you keep looking up? Because that's why. It's better than looking around. I don't see a lot of good stuff going on around me. I mean, there's some good stuff. There's some pockets here. But when you look at the government, when you look at things that's going on, I mean, it's, sometimes you get a little depressed. But Jesus says, I'm coming. I'm coming. Why do you keep looking up? Because it's better than looking ahead. Nothing wrong for savings. Nothing wrong with any of that kind of stuff. But there's nothing to look back to. There's nothing to look around for. There's nothing to look ahead for outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's coming. He's coming. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Guys, you may have to have to find some music just to play for a little bit if you don't mind. I want to ask you a question tonight, church, while, you're, while your head is bowed and eyes are closed. I said earlier that usually, and we, we typically feel this way, that on Sunday evenings, we typically feel like we have the church. You know, that's a Wednesday night and Sunday evening, we got, we got the church folk, the core of the church is going to be here. But I want to ask you something now, and I want you to think about it with me very, very seriously. What if Jesus comes tonight? What if that before you wake up in the morning that Jesus could split the eastern skies? What if? Are you ready to go? Mom, Dad, are you ready? Church member, are you ready? Friend, are you ready? Visitor, guest, are you ready? Are you ready to go should Jesus come And if you're honest with yourself, you say, Pastor, there's some things I need to take care of. In just a moment, I want to ask you to come to these altars. And there'll be somebody to meet with you. And they'll pray with you. And they'll wrap their arms around you. Because I I know, I'm not the only one, but I I, I bet we have several individuals here that, that desires that you, whoever you may be, desires that you'd give your heart to the Lord before you leave this place tonight. Now, if you're all saved and you're ready to go, then hallelujah, thank God. Thank God. Because when we get to heaven, I, I hope it's a grand reunion day for Pathway. I hope we just to get to see all of our folks. And not only other churches, but our church as well. But if you're here tonight and you can't honestly say that you'd go to heaven, 
Would you just lift up your hand real quick? I want to pray with you. I want to be saved. I want to be saved. Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. I want to be saved tonight before I leave this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to stand with me tonight. I want us to pray. If I, if I didn't miss anybody, I, don't, I didn't see a hand go up tonight. And I, that, I thank God for that because it just lets me know that you're ready to go should the Lord come. Thank God for that. I'm not, I'm not offended. I'm not upset that you didn't raise your hand if you happen to be here. That's between you and God. The word went out. You've got to do something with what I preach tonight. You've got to do something with what the word says, the scripture says. Not me, the word. Because the word tells us this same Jesus, this same Jesus, Brother David, who, who the disciples saw leave and go up while they were just standing there talking. They looked up and they watched him ascend. And those two angels says, why men, why, why are you standing here gazing up into heaven? Don't you understand? They, they, these angels was giving them some encouragement. Don't you understand that this same Jesus who you see today that has left He's coming again. He's coming again. Look for him. Anticipate his return. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for this congregation tonight. God, I'm thankful that nobody raised their hand tonight, which lets me understand and know, God, that as far as I understand that they're ready to go should you come. And I thank you for that. These are my brothers and sisters They're your children. And Father, should you decide to come after your church tonight, Lord, we're ready to go. We're ready to see you. We're ready to behold you as our Lord and as our Savior. But God, just in case that somebody was here that they didn't raise their hand that they needed to, Holy Spirit, go to where they are. Speak to them. God, if, it, if, if need be, make them uncomfortable so that they can understand their need to accept you as Lord and Savior tonight. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. We give you honor tonight. We give you honor. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Why do you keep looking up? Because he's coming. He's coming again. Are you looking for him? Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you tonight. So thankful that you've been able to be in service with us tonight.